And together we are two sober, sober chicks. Thanks for joining us on our podcast. We were just talking about uh, sponsorship in the last uh, podcast. We were debunking, a, a, I guess, a myth that somebody had put on the internet about sponsorship. And it wasn't really a myth. They were right. The, the word sponsorship is not actually mentioned in the big book. Um, but constantly driven home repeatedly. <laughs> is one alcoholic carrying the message to another alcoholic and um, taking your fifth step to a trusted advisor. Um, One of the things it talks about in the uh, fifth step is you can take it to a clergy person or a family member or a friend. Which is so dumb. I don't. That's the worst (laughs) advice. I'm sorry. What? weird. I'm going to do all this work. In a fellowship with other people who have done all this work, and I'm going to have a sponsor that helps me do this work, and then I'm just going to take it to my neighbor. Yeah. Or worse, I'm going to take it to the person I cheated. You know, I cheated on my wife. I'm going to go and give her my my fifth step. Do not. Right? Then Step nine, it talks about uh, except when to do so would injure them or others. You do Uh not do a step nine with someone if it's going to hurt them more. Um. Yeah. And I thought about that. And I thought about the very first time I, I took that advice and I just went and did it with a Catholic priest. Cause why? Cause I'm not Catholic. <laughs> and I knew this person would keep their mouth shut and we would never have to talk about it again. And how did that help me? It did not. Mm-hmm. It, well, it showed me how not to do the fifth step. And when he uh, started taking off his cassock, I was like, what's going on here? <laughs> I think I'm in the wrong place, but I'm not sure. Well, you know what happened, Julie? Uh, two years later, he uh, left the clergy and he's no longer a priest. Oh, no, you ruined his I life. Know. My alcoholic thinking was like, <laughs> I fucked that guy up. <laughs> he was like, damn, I'm missing some shit. <laughs> I got it. He got married. <laughs> Good for him. Yeah, he went out there. It's a different path to God, for sure. Yes. Um, so I wanted to mention that. Oh, and the other thing from the, I love the uh pamphlet on sponsorship because I've used this in my own like figuring out what is a sponsor what what is required of me what am I supposed to do Um, you know and one of the things I love it says whether you are a newcomer who is hesitant about quote unquote bothering anyone or a member who has been around for some time trying to go it alone sponsorship is yours for the asking we urge you do not delay I just love that and yep it's in italics. So we were always taught as old school AARs, do not delay. If anything is in italics, it's usually something important. Yes. Um, alcoholics recovered in AA want to share what they have learned with other alcoholics. Because why? It keeps us in the center of AA. If we're sharing with you, it means we're still working the steps. Um, again, I love Earl H. I heard him speak the other day. And one of the things he said was, um, you know, you first come into Alcoholics Anonymous and it's time to pick a sponsor. And they're like, pick somebody who has what you want. And he looked at the guy and he said, well, I want a drink. (laughs) Ha ha ha. So maybe maybe it's a little early to be throwing that ball back in my court. So, and then he said something, which again, I always love and I find him so profound, uh, hilarious and profound. He said, um, I want to sponsor who wants what they have. 
Ooh, I haven't heard that before. That's a good flip, right? I like that. And basically it's another way of saying who is happy, joyous, and free, who is content, no matter what their circumstance, you know, a pauper who is happy, joyous, and free and content and not envious and jealous and bitter of somebody who has more material things. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. A person who's realized that even though they have millions, but they were miserable for years, but now they're happy, joyous, and free and they're Mm -hmm. content Mm -hmm. in their everyday life. So I thought that was, uh, that was pretty amazing. But you said that uh, there was something else that you wanted to talk about. It's on sponsorship. So it's within the same genre that we're speaking about. Um, And it is that it's not the responsibility of the newcomer to call the sponsor. It's the responsibility of the sponsor to call the newcomer. Mm. And that's because it's, you know, the newcomer can be very, very sick. Yeah. And if you even compare it to like a doctor patient relationship, although we're not doctors in AA, but it's the professional who calls the person that comes to them for help. And I actually really liked that because I was never comfortable with like, I have a newcomer and then I don't check in on them for many reasons. And one of them being often, no one wants to talk to the newcomer. No one calls them. Their friends and family don't like them. They're outcast. It means a lot to people who are in the program, like at our home group or my former home group, St. Clements, Mm -hmm. how all of the women, well, some of the women had a particular eye for the door for newcomers because they wanted to make sure that that person was supported and acknowledged and spoken to and eye contact made and let me give you my number because I didn't, I didn't have the balls to ask anyone for their number. I'm so glad one of my first meetings, my first grand sponsor came over, opened my big book and wrote her phone number in it. Nice. I was like, Oh my gosh, she loves me. Yeah. So I do like that one. I I don't like the black and white. It's one direction. And I understand though, that there is a lot of people in AA that waste their time with potential sponsees because the sponsees don't care. They cancel appointments. They don't really want it. But my approach has always been, if you've been in the rooms enough, you can see desperation. So I like that. I like that too. And it's interesting. My views change throughout time. And that's the great thing because I hope that my views change. Um, They're always changing because hopefully I'm always growing. And they change because I'm in the program and I'm continuing to keep an open mind and to learn. So for me, there's, uh, there used to be, but there isn't hard, fast rules. Um, Like I've let people go before. um, And and usually that's in an attempt to try to spur them on to, hey, look, this isn't working because this is stagnant. You're not doing any work. And I feel like I'm not helping you. So maybe I don't have what you want. Maybe it's time for you to find someone else. Um, uh, I don't want that to be seen as a rejection or a sign that they failed. It's just, I want what's best for them. And maybe I'm not it. And that's okay. Again, uh, that's a growth thing. Me learning that I'm not it. It's not about me. You know, I can't save you. Um, I can't fix you. Um, maybe I can help you by carrying my message to you, but that's it. That's all I can do. The rest is up to you. So I used to be of a very hard, fast rule. You call me, you're my sponsee. It's up to you to call me. But now I think I'm more along the lines of we schedule, we schedule together because especially with the world of Zoom, I schedule appointments with people. Mm-hmm. So we have a, when do you, we finish having a phone conversation? I'm like, okay, well, you can call me at any time, um, but let's schedule the next phone call. 
So we're going to meet uh, next Sunday at 11 or for you, it's Friday at six. You know, it's just trying to fit people in because we're all busy. We all have busy lives. And also that helps them honor a commitment and they know I care. Yep. Um, and then also planting that seed that you can call me at any time and uh, I'll get back to you. If I don't answer, I will get back to you. That's important. Um, but you're right. Some people just think that phone is like a 500 pound weight that they just can't pick up because maybe they've burnt through all of their people before. Mm-hmm by being, I don't know, complainy or whiny or uh, drunk. And so now nobody answers. So the fear is there. Oh, I'm going to, what's this person? This is a stranger. Why would they answer the phone? Because we've been where you are. Mm -hmm. Because we've been alone and isolated and lonely and hopeless. That's why we're going to answer. And if we don't answer, that's why we're going to call you back. Um, But that's that's a nice thought too. Like uh, we can also lead the way we can pick up the phone and call them. Yeah. And part of the 12 steps is teaching people to get out of themselves, right? So um, another thing that we remind people and we have to do it too is getting out of self. So we need to call other people. Maybe it's a sponsee, maybe it's an old timer. You know, again, sometimes I think like our old timers, we always say the newcomer is the most important person in the room, but maybe the person who's 30 years sober, nobody phones them anymore. Yeah. Unless they need something. How about we phone them and say, what, what do you need? How are you doing today? Yeah. Don't, uh, don't forget the people who started this program and, and brought the message to us. Is that it? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what else is there to say about this? <laughs> I don't actually know. All right. I think it is. I mean, I'm not an old timer, so I don't know, but I do think there has been a lot of softening, which in some cases is good and in some cases isn't. And I think now there is more of sort of an equal footing for newcomers. Like rarely, if ever, do you hear the sit down and shut up. Uh, You're not talking for the first 90 days. I'll do your thinking for you. What do you have to say? Like, although that I love that approach, I think we're a lot softer now with people Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, sometimes our own detriment. We've all been to those meetings where like a newcomer starts to talk and you're like, oh no, and starts to derail, but you can't say anything because there's no crosstalk. And you're just hoping an old timer is going to be like, really? You're stopping now. <laughs> yeah, enough. <laughs> what was it Lenny said the other day? Maybe it wasn't, uh, maybe it was just to me personally. He's like, you know, sometimes um, if you keep your mouth shut, people don't know how stupid you are. <laughs> You're just about protecting uh, yourself. <laughs> it's, and I, I can remember sitting in a meeting and my very first business meeting and putting my hand up like, oh, well, I've got something to say. And my sponsor putting her hand on my hand and lowering <laughs> it down to my lap. I was I indignant. How dare she? I she have might things. Might as well just have covered your mouth with her hand. Yeah, exactly. Or slapped it. And uh, <laughs> she was like, you you don't even know how this program works yet. What do you possibly have to offer at a business meeting? Well, you know, for starters, I don't like the word God. So I think we should take that out of the big book. <laughs> She's like, oh, so you're going to be an editor now. You're going to rewrite the big book. You've been here for three months. Shut up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> then I fired her and got a new sponsor who I didn't have to call and didn't call me. So that worked out great. <laughs> 
<laughs> this is what happens when uh, I do I do the thinking and drive the bus myself mm -hmm. for sure. Um, yeah, you know, um, I, I needed the old school way. I needed somebody to tell me, no, perhaps you should just listen for a little bit. I didn't like it. Um, and, but that's the beauty of, like you said, there are different ways and there are different people who are going to sponsor differently. Julie and I have always sponsored a little bit differently. I know sometimes she looks at me in horror when I say the things I've said or done with a sponsee and she's like, Oh, I could never, <laughs> I'm like, Oh, I just did that yesterday. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no. Um, but then I also have learned and, and grown too, like, um, I'm not here to give people advice or tell them how to run their lives. But one of the things I suggest is you might want to check your thinking. So, and I love it now because I have sponsees who call me, call on themselves and say, I'm just calling to check my thinking because I was thinking of doing this, but yeah. there's something in the back of my mind. And I believe that is your God consciousness. Mm -hmm. That's their connection, right? With their higher power. Yeah. Thing. That just happened to me like literally yesterday. I had a problem with um, someone in our program who have been friends with a long time. And I've set a boundary with this person a couple of times and they just keep running over it. And the last time they did it, I was like, please stop by the way, again. And they were like, okay. And my first reaction was I blocked them immediately after the, this last go around. Mm -hmm. But I just was like, that's not fair. That's not fair. I don't know what they were thinking. It might've been innocent. Who knows? I called my sponsor and I'm like, I don't know what to do. Like, do I tell them they've crossed the boundary and they have one more chance, but like, who am I to say that? Or do I just say, say to myself, I've given them three or four chances. Mm -hmm. And we got off the phone and I ended up texting them and saying, listen, I've set this boundary like three or four times. I've asked you not to do that. And you did it again. And I don't, I don't want to go through this again with you. I don't want to interfere with our friendship. And I was like waiting for a battle. I was sweating. I was shaking. Mm. And they texted back and they're like, oh my God, I had no idea that that would have crossed the boundary and would never make you upset. And I'm like, thank God. The voice of reason, my higher power was like, you might not want to do that. Mm -hmm. And so yeah. now it's like, it's been explicit that anything around that subject matter, no matter how innocent, don't talk about it to me. Mm -hmm. because we don't agree and you get mad and then I get upset and it's just off the table. Yep. It's and, like uh, you and I, we, there's a lot of things that we don't, um, we don't have in common. <laughs> first of all, I'm a vegetarian. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, first of all, we prefer, we prefer buns to wieners. A different so. meat. Yeah. Um, <laughs> maybe political views. Um, all kinds of things. But here's mm -hmm. the thing about AA. AA has taught me that our, our common denominator is we were, um, we were addicted. We were alcoholics. Mm -hmm. We had the suffering because of this. And that's what we focus on. To me, those other things are outside issues, more so than talking about drugs. <laughs> those are outside issues. I have no opinion on those outside issues. And yeah. it doesn't stop me from being your friend. We're here and we're connected because we found a power greater than ourselves and we found a spiritual connection. This is how this podcast started. You and I getting together and talking about being blown away at how this program works. Mm -hmm. And I look at my friends, the list of friends I have, and I think I have nothing in common with half these people, except mm -hmm. for the fact that we're alcoholics or yeah. 
We come from completely different backgrounds and lifestyles, but yet we're on fire when we get together, when we talk about this program. And so that's what I keep it to, you know, Um, even, you know, some of my closest and best friends, it's like, nope, I don't agree with you on that. So let's just agree to disagree and move on from that topic or talk about something different. So, yeah, love and tolerance is our code. You can tell someone who's living in that fourth dimension and who's really practicing the program because they can love and tolerate people that are different or have different opinions. Like Mm -hmm. how boring and awful would it be if you just surrounded yourself with a tribe or a group of people that had all the same thoughts and feelings that would just be boring and awful. It's like, um, you remember the trip that we took with Sarah and we went down South and we met a dear Mm -hmm. friend of hers and every room we went into, he had a gun on every nightstand and Mm -hmm. I was kind of horrified, but then I thought, well, that's not what connects us. And we're different people and we have different views, but the fact that he went every day to a meeting with her when she was down there on vacation and he carried the message, that's what connects us. That's what we'll talk about. And that's what we welcomed us with open arms, no barriers, no rules into his home out for dinner. Like that's what we do. That's what I wish the model for the world was. Cause I think we're in the worst, one of the worst times in history where we're all being torn apart by what our own truth is and how we choose to live. And this group is good. And this group is not. And it's just like horrifying me. Mm -hmm. Um, I just wish there was a little more love and tolerance in our world. And if we always stuck to our own and the people who believed uh, and acted exactly the same way we did, where would we ever have an opportunity to grow? Where would we ever have an opportunity to learn about different ways? Like I remember at that luncheon, he said, oh, I think you're the first lesbian I ever met. And I'm like, I highly doubt it. Maybe I'm the first open lesbian you've ever met, but uh, be careful because they might be making your food. So watch (laughs) what you say. Um, Yeah, like this is about, this is humanity, right? We are all different. We all have different beliefs, opinions, backgrounds. And if we all isolate ourselves to our kind Mm -hmm. or our way of thinking. Which is uh, discrimination and segregation. And let's not go into that. And we have no, no, yeah, no room for growth. That's a prison. I don't want to live like that. Mm -hmm. we have freedom of choice and we should Mm -hmm. celebrate that. Mm -hmm. Um, Wow. That just got really deep. (laughs) Kumbaya, my Lord. Ah, Okay. Let's uh, let's do another topic. Thank you so much for joining us uh, on the uh, two sober chicks. You can send us an email at the number two sober chicks at gmail.com. We do answer your emails and we do love a good topic suggestion. And if you have an anniversary uh, or you're like, I'm two months sober and you want us to shout out your name and your date, then by all means, put that in the message as well. We'd be more than happy to hear from you. Right on. I'm Lisa. I'm Julie. And this has been Two Sober Chicks.